0: to the ripple fishing report i'm your host brad long hey everybody welcome back to another episode of the ripple fishing report how you doing today jordan good man pretty good good how's the uh how's the fishing down in uh in your neck of the woods
1: uh typical summer you know really good days and struggle a day or two and then some really good days but yeah uh, all in all it's been pretty good
0: yeah so where have you been finding them lately? I know you've been catching some, because I've seen some pictures float through. What kind of <laughs> trips have you been running?
1: Uh, well, today I had a snapper trip. Um, really good trip this morning. We were we were out and back by 10,
0: 10.30. I was going to say, I saw that uh, post, but when I saw it, I was like, wow,
1: already? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, man. It uh, They were biting pretty good, man. We got out there. It was real smooth riding out, and caught our limit a snapper, and um had some nice big mangroves couple kings nice man. um yeah and came, guys were they were pumping ready to get back so we got done early uh run a couple bay trips um two days uh, day four yesterday and yesterday were <clears throat> a little tough in St Joe um yeah. morning time wasn't a whole lot of tide movement had some storms uh building and raining, and then there was real slack tide until like three, four o'clock in the afternoon is when it started moving and we were done by then, but yeah, um, still caught a few trout and reds, but nothing, nothing crazy. So that, so the
0: slack tide shuts them down there.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, you know, they chewed real good early morning when the storms were kind of building and moving that low pressure yeah. and stuff. And then as soon as the storm, it rained and as soon as storms would blow up, you know, blow through and the sun would come out, it'd calm off, and then, you know, hot, no tide movement can be a really tough bite. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's so, it's amazing how important just the, the move in its tidal base, but just moving water like that. Cause I mean, everything sort of keys off of it. They, they can. I don't want to make it sound ridiculous, but they can plan their days. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they kind of know, like it's going to, it's twice a day. It's going to move in and out. And, and so that's when you feed, you know, at some point yeah. and, uh, yeah. when it stops, that's tough for us. Cause it, it, you know, everything sort of, I guess everything just shuts down until it comes back for the most part.
1: Yeah. It's, you know, and some days are tough. Like, you know, it's hard to tell people, Hey, you know wait till let's wait till three in the afternoon before we go yeah to catch the best tide. And really St. Joe Bay is it can be pretty difficult to really pinpoint when that best biggest tide is gonna gonna start moving. It was supposed to like yesterday it was supposed to start falling at 10 o'clock. Yeah. And it was at the highest point and never moved until about one thirty it started moving. Um and we were pretty much done, you know, by then. Yeah, But when it started moving, it fell out really quick. Yeah. And so it can be tough to kind of, you know, try to get a trip around when you think the biggest tide's going to move. You just kind of have to, you know, fish through it and, and hope you pick up a few until it starts moving.
0: Yeah. You know, there's, there are situations where, you know, and I guess it depends on what you want to do, but there are situations where you, you don't really want a lot of that tide. And it just depends on what, what you're doing, I guess. But at the same time, it's, I mean, if, I mean, they're, they're keying in on feeding because of that movement of the water. So that's right. you really want to, I mean, there's certain things that, that you can do, but most of the time, your success is going to come when the tide's moving and knowing, uh, you know, kind of where to, to be because of what the tide's doing, you know?
1: Yeah. And especially this time of year when water temps are hot, I mean, the water temperature was 86, 87 degrees, which has cooled down a little bit from last week. Yeah. Um, with the rain and overcast, but, uh, still 86 degrees, you know, if it's not moving, there's not a lot of oxygen and stuff for them. And so they tend not to, not to really feed or be very active. Yeah. Do you
0: think this heat wave, um, I guess it's kind of done now. I don't know, but this heat we've had like this hundred plus heat indexes, heat indices, I think is how the weathermen say it. Anyway, yeah. the, uh, do you think that that sort of put the fisheries, in the panhandle in, in a late summer kind of mode, as far as how they're feeding and stuff?
1: Absolutely. Toward, you know, the end of last week, um, water temp was almost 90. And that's an August, that's
0: like, August, right? Like that's yeah, normal. typically
1: end of July, August, yeah. you know, and, and so it, you know, there was a couple of days where we were in fish. I could see redfish, you know, I could see trout and they just, you throw a lure or bait in front of them or near them and they just didn't move. They didn't care. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, this week we're having some cooler nights down in the low seventies and then the days are, yeah, the days are, you know, mid to upper eighties. And we've had some overcast and some rain, so it's it's cooled the water off four or five degrees, and that's, that's helped out a lot.
0: Yeah, you know, it's crazy because we, I mean, there's certain, I mean, there's been a, a year or times of the year, especially over the last, since we've been doing this over the last two seasons where we talk about, oh, all the rain, the water won't warm up because of all the rain and the, you know, now you're hoping for rain because you want it to cool down some so things can be a normal June activity
1: level, you know, that's right. Yeah. We don't
0: want a ton of rain, but a mm. little bit,
1: you know, a little pop-up shower, especially in the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, really, really help cool the water down.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's, it's funny how, how impactful that can be. And you really see it like in early spring when you're chasing the warm water and you know, a, a front comes through or, you know, not even a front cause it doesn't have to be that cold, but you get some wind, you get some rain and you lose, you know, five, six degrees of progress, you know, in in early spring. But like you just said, same thing happens now. And that's going to be kind of the saving grace to get us back to June. You know, I'm afraid. That's right, yeah. But that's so, what do you suggest, I mean, you know, what what do you typically do in the dog days of summer like that when the fish just aren't responsive? Is there anything that you can do? Because, I mean, sometimes, you know, your only option is they're either hungry or you get a reaction. Well, if it's too hot and they're just not doing anything, it's hard to get either of those. So what do you typically do in the, in the dog days that, that still catch fish?
1: You know, it's, it's one of those where you just kind of have to grind through it. You know, if, if, if it depends on the day, if I got some kids, you know, and I know it's going to be kind of slow, um, or when the tide stops, it'll be slow. Then I may ride around and look for bluefish and ladyfish, um, you know, something like that that. just to give them something to do reel in some fish, have some fun. Um, and, and, you know, maybe come across the school of reds and and pick a couple of them out of there or something like that. Yeah. Um, but this, you know, typically this time of year it's when I know there's, you know, slack tide or or not good tides during for for pretty much the, the whole day. Yeah. You know, I'll try to say, "Hey, let's go." You know, if it's going to be nice weather, let's let's run. You know, some near shore wrecks, drop some baits down, do some snapper stuff to yeah. kind of, you know, because typically snapper are going to bite, or, or any kind of fishing around structure, you're going to catch something, whether it's black sea bass or, or snapper or something yeah. like that. Um, you know, or or uh, you know, tarpon. A lot of tarpon trips this time of year. They don't really seem to mind the heat. They yeah. may not bite all the time, but you can at least see them. Yeah, and I don't uh, think
0: I don't think their problem is is heat induced as much as, as it is they're just stubborn and they're migrating.
1: Yeah, that's you know? true. Um, I also do a lot of shark stuff. You know, the little black tips are all around middle of the day if it's slack tide. Yeah, you can always catch sharks. Yep, uh, they, they are almost problem.
0: unaffected by that tide. And I mean, they don't like for they're just opportunistic. They're just going to feed. I mean,
1: it doesn't. That's matter. right. Yep. Yeah. If there's something you know bloody and stinky in the water and they can get, find it, they'll eat it. Yep. They're, they're usually not very picky. But, uh, yeah, things like that, you know, just to break up, you know, the the time where I'm, I, I'm thinking the bite is really slow, or if we've had a tough time, you know, an hour or two has gone by and we haven't had very many bites, then I'll, you know, hey, guys, let's switch it over. Let's just go catch some fish. Yeah. We may not be able to keep them to eat. But let's just go, you know, let y'all tug on some fish and have some fun. Yeah. And do things like that to kind of break it up.
0: Well, and, and the reason I, I wanted to ask is because, you know, for, for those of us that are, that are taking the, the recreational approach to this, you know, you get a handful of weekends, you come down there, and, and if it's hot, you know, it doesn't always matter. If that's the weekend that you're able to go, I know for me, I'm still going to go, you know, and I may not yeah. catch anything, fine. But I, I was curious because it's easy in that position to think, oh, I didn't use the right bait, or I didn't go to the right spot, or I didn't do, it. it might not be you. You know what I mean? So if you're, yeah. if you're fishing an area that you know has fish, if you're fishing a bait that you know catches fish in, in wherever you are, it's probably not you. It's probably the fact that it's you know, been over 100 degrees for the last few weeks, you know, the, water, right. the water temps through the, through the roof. So it's, it's nice to know when you should pull the plug on that plan and implement your plan B. You know what I mean, and and if you wait it out thinking, oh, I'll try different baits, I'll try different spots, and I'm going to keep doing the same, you know, fishing for redfish or whatever, it, it you might be better off to do more of what Jordan just described and sort of change it up completely. You know,
1: Yep. sometimes you just got to go pull on some fish that you know will bite, and whether you you know you you care for them or not, right? You know, Just to kind of break it up.
0: That's it. You may not fill the freezer, but you'll have a, a a you won't you won't get skunked. I mean, that's, that's right. you know, but what are, I mean, so what is, what's happening in Appalach? Is it kind of the same situation or when that's the case in St. Joe, do you see a, I mean, does the tide tend to be pretty different in those two areas or is it similar?
1: Yeah. Oh, they're, they're definitely on a um, different tide system. St. Joe's on a two tides a day and is on a four tides a day. System. Really? Yep. It, uh, where those meet is at the South tip of the Cape Sandblast, um, right on that little, uh, what I call a nipple, but right on that little point in the South tip of of the Cape is where the two tides in the Gulf of Mexico meet.
0: So what's the explain that for a person like me that doesn't understand that, why that line exists where it exists. I mean, what's the difference in having those extra
1: tides or not? I mean, why is what changes? Well, so, so typically St. Joe is going to have, uh, a longer slack tide. Okay. Um, but a, a more aggressive water movement for the day. Cause you're going to have, you're only gonna have one big rise and one big fall. I got you. Um, so you're gonna have more water moving during those, those periods. Um, but you're going to have a longer slack time. So that if you're fishing, you know, during that slack time, it can be an hour or two hours, you know, it can drag on and you yeah. pass four tides a day typically you're going to have one big fall one big rise and a medium fall medium rise they change every 4 hours wow and so yep and so during the 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 medium fall or medium rise you're not going to have a ton of water moving but you're you're typically always going to have some type of water flow
0: Yeah, because I mean, if it's moving every four hours, it almost sounds like it'd be a washing machine, you know.
1: Yep, and and you have two different passes or three different passes, really, with um, Bob Sykes Cut, West Pass, and Indian Pass. So you're always having some type of current coming in that bay.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, So, you know, later on in the summers, when it gets starts getting hot, I tend to try to stay over there. Um, yeah. because you're always, there's always somewhere where there's going to be some water movement. Yeah. Most and, likely. and
0: that makes sense for everything we said before that if it's stagnant and, and not moving, it just heats up.
1: Yeah. Sanger Bay, so shallow, um, and, so, and really in July and August, we don't have, you know, much water flow at all in there and it, it can get really tough. You know, you, you, you better, you better plan your, your bites around when you think the biggest uh, tide movement of the day is going to be.
0: Yeah. And that's, you know, in the summer, that's not a bad thought process anywhere in the panhandle. Would you say? I mean, yeah. Cause when it's, when it's that warm, things are going to fire up a little more when there's extra water churning by them, you know? That's right. So it just kind of makes sense that if you have the, if you have the ability to do that and you can only pick one time, that's when you want to spend your time really hitting it hard. Yes, sir, yeah that makes sense so is it a geographical thing i mean is there like something with the ocean contour that creates those additional tides or is it just because of the way that area because i know the further south you go you get multiple tides in a day it, and is that where it starts is it
1: that's in... where it starts right there everything everything to the the east um or i guess east and southeast yeah uh of that line is on a four tides a day system and then everything from that time to the west northwest uh, is on a two tides a day.
0: But what I mean, what causes? I, it?
1: I guess it's geographical. You know, just where it is. So, um, you know, you know what I bet it is. Okay,
0: I'm gonna now look. This is a stretch, all right. But I think if you think about the state of Florida, right about Appalach, in that or Sandblatt, you know, right in that area is when it starts to hook west.
1: Yep, that's I mean yeah, and, you're and the, absolutely and right.
0: Then, so I mean, like right there, and then you go all then it's you know then you're talking north south and east west, not so much. You know what I'm saying? So like when yep. you when it when it kicks west and it makes that 90 degree turn west from like that point up, seems to be the difference.
1: Yep, and I think a lot of it has to do with um, you know the the loop current in yeah. the Gulf. That's right about where the bend is is just to our west you know destin
0: yeah um, and it goes shelf, out right
1: from that there. shelf comes way in close to destin you know panama city beach destin area when our shelf is way out um you know and basically from here further east is shallower yeah so you're not you're not getting that loop current effect like you get in the destin pensacola you know mobile area Um, and I think that has a lot to do with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's probably exactly what it is. It has to do with that, where that current's pushing, you know, and
1: and when we get, when we call it a, you know, a heavy West current, um, that's coming from that loop current. Uh, and that's, that brings a ton of beautiful, clean, clear water, tons of bait into our area. Yeah. Um, and it can actually change how St. Joe Bay tides move a little bit like i i have told people st joe bay can be a big eddy if one of the currents on that side of the line is stronger than the other the tide may not stick to the tide chart it may not be falling when it's supposed to fall maybe rushing in as hard as it can yeah you know if we if we're getting the effects from that that heavy west current um at certain times of year that makes
0: sense because that, that, I remember you talking about how it can be different there uh, because of the currents offshore and stuff that when certain yeah. c- circum certain circumstances create a, an entirely different thing in Saint Joe Bay than, than absolutely in a lot of other places so yep. just I,
1: like like yesterday we had a big storm blow up first thing in the morning and it had a lot of south wind in it um, It wasn't supposed to be and our tide was supposed to start falling about nine. And that heavy south wind coming off those storms just held the tide yeah. for, you know, two hours. And then it started trickling out. And then about 1.30, it finally switched on and we were, we were done.
0: Yeah. And you know, that's, that's worth mentioning. If you have a, a crazy strong wind blowing either with, you know, blowing the water out or, or keeping it from going out, that's going to, that's worth thinking about. You know, I mean, you know, honestly, you may not be out in it anyway, if the wind's blowing like that, but it's not as much as you might think to at least slow it down. You know, if it's blowing directly against, you know, like if it's blowing in, into a pass, for example, just if everything's just right, it's going to slow that water down.
1: Oh yeah. And it's actually the surface current.
0: Yeah. I mean, which is what you're going to be keying off of. So you're going to look and say, well, this water ain't moving. Uh, it might yep. be, but it's not going to be moving as much, especially up top. So if you're in shallower stuff, then that's worth noting, you know, that you're again, your whole plan may revolve around a certain tide movement in a certain area and then the wind come in and screw that all up. Yep.
1: You gotta, you gotta kind of, you know, and that's how my mind works is is all the little things that are going to affect it.
0: Yep. I'm getting there, man. I'm trying. It's, it's in the moment when, when you have to make those choices, my, all this stuff that I know and stuff that I've learned just disappears. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what the hell to do, man. Like we're here, we're on the boat. It's pretty day. Just keep but keep fishing. Yeah. Like we'll just figure something. Out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Keep something in the water. Uh, it's the outside of that. I don't know. That's right. But so that's a, uh, it sounds like everything's good, uh, you know, or as good as it could be given the circumstances with the crazy heat and stuff we've had. Cause You know, you're not really far from it cooling back down to normal.
1: No, this, I mean, this week, you know, starting uh, today was real nice. I mean, I didn't, I didn't really get hot at all all day. It was, you know, set 88 degrees, but a little bit of humidity, but it didn't seem too bad. Typical June weather. Yep. You know, we had some storms in the morning and then they blew through and then it got sunny and beautiful, light east wind, you know, light east breeze. Yeah. Um, till about noon and then it started picking up out of the south southwest you know a few more storms started building in the afternoon typical summer day and i think this whole week supposed to be pretty much typical summer pattern you know you're gonna have to kind of play the radar and see where those storms are are forming in the morning and which way they're going fish around that till about nine or ten and then you'll have till about two Yep. you know, it should be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Then you can start planning for the afternoon storms.
1: <laughs> yep. That's right. That's typical summer.
0: Yep. It is. And I, I was going to ask you this earlier um, when we were talking about the offshore stuff and I think I know the answer, but I'm not as much of an offshore guy, but this tidal movement and currents offshore, like if you're dropping baits down to, to structure, to a wreck or something, does it really matter? I mean, does more seem to help
1: more current down there? Um, so the harder the current the fish are going to bite, um, hang on, uh, sorry, <laughs> Murphy's hearing something outside. I was going to say
0: that's either a, a mad dog or a motorcycle. Yeah, he, <laughs> heard
1: something, he heard something outside, um, but yeah, so, you know, a hard current on the bottom, um, I like, I like, it's hard to fish in because you have to have heavier weight, yeah. you know, play in the. It depends on how deep you're fishing, but playing where your boat's sitting and where where you know your bait's going to end up by the time it reaches the bottom, you right. know, Can be tough, but when that current's flowing <clears throat> really hard, those fish, grouper will come out of their holes, snapper will get elevated, and and what they're doing is, you know, typical like any other fish, they're facing into that heavy current, yeah, and waiting and catching bait as it's getting pushed with that current. Yep.
0: And that makes sense. Uh, I, I just, I really never knew, I, I, I assumed they would, uh, they would key on it somehow. Um, but you don't seem to hear, you know, it's not as much of an issue. You're always going to catch them if you get there. They're, yeah. You know? And
1: there, I mean, like today we had, you know, we, it, all, it was weird. You know, we dropped down, we wouldn't get any bites for about two or three, four or five minutes fish all around on the machine. And yeah. then all of a sudden, you know, all three rods, boom, 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 would yeah. go off. <laughs> you know, so, but we had no current, like none at all. Yeah. And so those, those fish were just sitting down there looking, you know, nothing was getting pushed into their face and, and really making them have to feed. Yep.
0: You ever, you have, you, you've caught trout, right? Like cold water trout. Oh yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. A little bit.
0: So have you noticed, I haven't done it a ton, but I, I lived in Atlanta for a few years and you can go right in town, you know? So, but what I noticed about trout and I am absolutely not an expert on this, but what I noticed about it is you're fishing and nothing's happening. And then all of a sudden you get like, everybody starts catching fish. Everybody starts getting bites and then it stops. And And I know with trout, it has to do with probably hatches and stuff, but it's crazy that it's like, if you, if you miss one or something, it's like, okay, they're biting now. Like fish hard right now. Cause they're, you know, but they turn on and turn off like that almost as a group, you know?
1: Yeah. Speckled trout will do that in salt yeah. water. It'll be like a light switch where, You just crush them for about 15 minutes and then they'll stop, Yeah, you know, for an hour. It's,
0: it's crazy. And, and I mean, I think it's more common than you realize in the, in just amongst fish, like all of them, because like, like what you just said is exactly that. It's like, you know, they're there, you eventually catch them, but why did it take five minutes? You know, I mean, I guess they got to find it or something, but it's just wild that uh, it, it seems to kind of work that way, just across nature with with fish. Anyway, they kind of all turn on and all turn off, or certain species do. Anyway,
1: yeah, and a lot of times, you know, all it takes is that first one. That's, yeah, you know, they're all down there, and as soon as one bites or feeds and starts struggling, you know, you're fighting, and he's freaking out. Uh, most of the time, that just triggers the rest of them just to start feeding. Yep. My, I think because a lot of times when, when a fish is stressed, they regurgitate, uh, uh, all the stuff in their stomach. And so all those other fish know when that fish starts freaking out, you know, if he's got a belly full of stuff, he's going to throw it up and they get a free meal, Yeah, which sounds gross, but they're fish and you hey. know, they want a free meal, easy meal. So, you know, they'll, they'll swim right behind. You know, that fish while he's struggling and, and whatnot, and as he's coughing food up, they right behind him, you know, eating it. Yeah. And, and that's why a lot of times, as soon as you hook one, boom, 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 all your rods go off. Do you
0: think that, is that what redfish are doing? Because they're pretty notorious for following each other around if you pull one out of oh, a school. Yeah. Is that what they're doing? Or I thought it had had to do with that school. Absolutely. Mentality. No,
1: I, I have watched redfish. You hook one. I've watched redfish when he's head shaking, throw up a whole blue crab. And the fish right behind him eat it as soon as he coughed it
0: up. Yep. Well, you know, that, that goes to show you then, uh, when you're, uh, red fishing, especially like I, I tend to find myself catching those big bull reds off bridges and in deeper water and stuff like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And when you do that, you always look for one. I never really knew why I thought it was because of the school, but that just tells you that you have, as soon as somebody hooks up, have somebody else in the boat ready to
1: roll absolutely uh every time i fish artificial i tell you know if i have multiple clients that throw an artificial i tell them as soon as someone hooks a redfish reel yours up and throw it right at his fish yeah i don't care if we see one or not just and sometimes we tangle up but whatever yeah but you know eight out of ten times they reel up and they throw it right in there uh right by where the guy's fighting one and boom you double up
0: yep and i never knew that was why. But that changes That's, it. Now it's now it's not just get a bait in the water. It's get a bait in the water and try to throw it on top of what he, you know what I mean? Like,
1: right on top of yeah. and, yep. Especially if you can see him because they're looking at that fish while he's struggling and waiting on that fish to cough up, you know, whatever's in his stomach.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're actively looking for something.
1: Yep. So, and if you throw a bait and it lands in front of them, they're gonna bite it. Yeah, every time.
0: Yeah, that's wild. I never knew the why part of that, so that's that's no. good to know. That's awesome, man. I feel you know it's always good when you walk away from this thing and it's like I didn't know that. That's awesome that I know it now. You know, because <laughs> like that's easy enough that I'll remember it. You know, that's not I'm not gonna yeah. rem- all that tide stuff. I'm gonna forget some of that, but I'll remember that part. You know? Yes, sir. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, it sounds, like a, a, it sounds like things have been rolling along, man. And, you know, and you didn't mention this, but it's always an option if you're down there. And, if, and, of course, people would think of this. But if you get into that crazy, you know, slack tide, nothing's happening inshore, and you have the capability to run off <laughs> a few miles, it'd be a good time to do it, you know, during that slack. And, and at least, like oh, you yeah. said, get something to pull, you know?
1: Yeah. And you never know what you may come across while you're looking for that stuff. Yeah,
0: because you had kingfish on social media today. You know, oh yeah, kingfish, yep. mangroves, reds. Now, I mean, you know, so it it definitely can surprise you by being out there. So that absolutely that could change your day if uh, you you wanted to do inshore and Plan B is running out to something nearshore. That's uh, it can make a big difference in how your day goes.
1: Yes, sir. It sure can. Well,
0: Jordan, tell us how to get a hold of you, man, if somebody wants to come down there and uh, and brave the heat.
1: Uh, best way, you know, as always, give me a phone call, um, 850-227-6550. I uh, love to talk and uh, kind of pick your brain. Um, also, social media, Facebook and Instagram at Saltwater Obsessions.
0: Yeah, perfect, man. And uh, it's, it's nice that you have – the ability to sort of dabble in St. Joe and Apalachicola and the Indian Pass, you know, all that whole area, because it's, it's remarkably different. I mean, those are two very unique fisheries. Completely different. Yeah. And, and they just happen to be side by side, you know, for for you. And that's awesome. I I love
1: it. I love it. It keeps, it keeps me motivated to change it up. It keeps me, you know, guessing. I don't it's hard to get complacent doing the same old thing and fishing the same old stuff. Yeah.
0: Well, there's so um, much see. to learn anyway, man. And now, I mean, you have two, like, you could have St. Joe completely dialed in and suck over an Apalachicola. You know what I mean? Like, there's they're, they're just so different. Like, if you figure out one, that's good, but you're not going to have both because of that, you know. It's, uh, oh, yeah. It's, that's a unique scenario you're in, man. I, I think it's cool. And you do a great job of knowing tons about both of them, you know, but. I try.
1: I spend it, enough time out there. I hope I lo- I know a little something. Well, that's what
0: I was going to say. It it takes growing up there and and dedicating your life to it. You know what I mean? Yes, so uh we're we're helping everybody cheat by doing this podcast, right? Oh yeah. We're good. Jordan, thank you as always, buddy. We'll uh we'll talk again next week.